What's up to our sidekicks and hedge folk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast, episode 796. This is the show where we talk about and review graphic novels, movies, TV, and a once-monthly roundup of current comics on the stands right now. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a super rad shop which caters to the nerdy and the nerd adjacent. Joining me tonight are Brian Lieb and Noel Bartocci. Hey. What's up, nerds? Taking it. Oh, a little bit of ASMR. ASMR. Oh, nice. I will do ASMR. This is ASMR. You're not supposed to do it that way. Anyway, sorry. Hi, how's it going? (coughs) What you drinking, JD? Uh, I have made a concoction. I have a soda stream upstairs. So I made a concoction, which is bubbly water with then some fresh limeade and then a little bit of Seagram 7. Nice. That sounds good. Cool. So I always picture it's a homemade seven and seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yes. Uh, whenever anyone says Soda Stream for a minute, I picture like a Willy Wonka style stream of soda running. Oh, their like own. a river. Yeah, which like I a think chocolate be river, cool. but soda. I yeah. think I think there's an actual fountain machine inside your house with multiple <laughs> buttons, like at the like at a fast food place uh, of my youth. I wish. I just, yeah. Those are amazing. Uh, I am drinking. I decided to make my own uh, trip to the store and bought beer. Uh, drinking a very monkey. Nice. Sour. Brian, what are you drinking? I have a rum and coke. It's a different one from last week. I was thinking about okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, a different. I think it's the same rum, though. I have two rums. I think I had this last week, and it's the same one. Well, I'm glad that you didn't. You aren't like it. Didn't take you a week to drink the one drink to finish one drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's happened before. It's not the same. It's uh, <laughs> it's a whole new refreshed one. Yeah, it's got new ice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten into the. Thank uh, you to everyone joining. Shut up, Brian. Thank got you to everyone it. joining us live on Facebook, <laughs> YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy of doing this live. It's with all of you in the chat, so pipe the frick up. You can also email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Uh, like like uh, frickin' what's-his-nuts did, Christopher Goodnight. We got a, an email, and I'm going to read it to you soon. I can't wait. I'm now. I'm going to read it to you now. I waited. I could uh, wait. Someone stole the name Gutter Talk. You should have trademarked the name Gutter Talk, JD. Autostraddle is using it now. Uh. See picture, and he included a picture that looks like... Uh, that. It's a tattoo. Someone's Instagram, auto straddle, has gutter talk. Um, and, uh, he continues. I had fun in New York, but boy, was it stressful. For starters, the battery charger I took didn't work, and my bunk at the hostel was the only one without a working plug-in. The hostel was nice otherwise. 
I was constantly worried about getting lost and my cell phone dying. I was almost, I almost exclusively used lifts to get around the city because I have a poor sense of direction. As such, I spent way too much money on lift. I got to see the steps of the Met a la Gossip Girl, the pub that McLaren's in How I Met Your Mother is based on, uh, NBC Studios, Radio City Music Hall, Midtown Comics, where I witnessed an 11, and a half, 11 or 12 year old talk his dad into buying him a $300 Hot Toys figure of General Grievous right. and thought to myself the collection of, oh, and bought myself the collection of Paper Girls since the TV show most likely isn't getting finished. Taylor Swift's place, she rented on Cornelia Street and the bookstore a few blocks away from there where the video for the All Too Well music video was partially filmed. <laughs> I also got to ride the ferry to New Jersey where I met an author I've known since I was 23 oh. and then took the bus and subway back to the airport. I got a tattoo my first night there and the second night I got to see a live recording of a podcast I'm a patron of. Oh, he's wow. a patron to a podcast. That's neat. Um, uh, uh, and got to hang out with Joe DeRosa of Better Call Saul fame and Pat Walsh from Always Sunny, the cool kids, living biblically, blah, blah, blah. They it were living biblically? If, what's that? that? I, they I were think, living biblically? I feel like that's the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Seems like out of context it was just a good to throw time. in there as like a descriptor. Cool like, living, living biblically. biblically. Yeah. <laughs> the, hey, all the cool kids are living biblically. Oh, that's what they're doing. It was a good time. If I went again, I'd definitely take more money. A battery pack that actually works and a little less apprehension about taking the bus and subway. Chicago is next, where I will get to see the killers and get another tattoo, among other things. Maybe one of these days I'll make it to Philly. Chris, St. Saucy, good night. I have, so, a, I have a question. I have a follow-up question for Chris with the inevitable email you send. You could answer it. Um, do you get a tattoo every place you visit for the weekend or want to go, like a passport on your body if so that's pretty dope um that's pretty cool uh that's pretty much it sounds like it was a fun trip uh don't be afraid of the subway it's actually pretty easy um it's very different it's easy to get lost it's easier to find your way again in new york especially the the subway system it, it, the more you treat it preciously the scarier it seems just just take it yeah yeah just just do it um, so thank you for writing in so chris lost, i'm glad you had fun get back home again yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's still in New York. It's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except he decided he to lives live under there. A bench. Yeah. <laughs> like he lives yeah, yeah. on the blue line. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it here so much I can't leave. Someone please help me. <laughs> uh, Christopher, good night. Com people are commenting in the chat. Hiding in the can when I am working overtime so I can catch the beginning of spoiler alert is self care. Excellent. Uh, Robin Moreau says, good evening, Cole Poppers. But then Christopher Goodnight says, who has two thumbs and is about to use one of them as a down vote? Who are we down voting? What? Me, us, I guess. Who I else? Well, we had the Not only is he yet. not a patron, but he wants to down vote us. That's rude. I licked your hat. Uh, oh, Robert Monroe Jr. has a good question. Has Are anyone you? read Alex Ross's Fantastic Four Full Circle yet? I picked it up yesterday and thumbed through it. I hope the story is as good as the art. Mine just came in the mail. I haven't no. had a chance to yet, but this is it. Uh, I ordered some for the store and I got allocated down to one. What is this? Uh, one regular board? copy and one of the previews exclusive um, slipcase cover copies. Yeah, the, what is that this? One. Blue one. What is this story? It's, Al it's an Alex Ross Johnsky. Brand new. It's, um, he wrote. Get more, let me get one. <laughs> he wrote no. and 
he wrote. Yeah, said if you get more, if they, oh, oh. If they do a new print, oh, no. um, he wrote and uh, he wrote and drew it. Apparently, it takes place between like OG issue fifty and like the first annual or the second annual or something. Like it's a it's a little between the raindrops classic Fantastic cool. Four story. Haven't had a chance to read it. Cool. That's kind of his whole vibe. Oh yeah, his his classic hair just died after 1975. You know, like, there's some people that just have, like, eras that they subscribe to. I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's silver, and that's it. He's straight silver age. Yeah. All day. Um, it, Christopher mentioned the trademark thing. From what I know about trademarking also, you have to, like, actively pursue it. Um, yeah. And that is why major corporations will go after little tiny companies that aren't hurting them in any way. Um, uh, in addition to just... You know, I'm not defending major corporations as not having sinister motives, but um, they if you don't actively protect it, then you can lose it. So, yeah. Um, oh, he also says uh, he was he was joking because the show was late. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, um, else. And Robert Monroe says, my LCS got two copies. Hey, Robert, can I have one? Yeah, I, 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 I didn't even get a copy for me. They're gone. Give by me now. one, Rob. Um, Give me the other one. Uh, anybody that wants to email us can email us at copacco at gmail.com. Uh, suggestion, comments, concerns, uh, diatribes about your weekend. We read them all. So just contribute. Yeah. Oh, and he says that is a dope Robin hat. It is. Where did you get it? I don't know. Diamond. I, I've had it for decades. I've had it for like, oh, not, maybe, okay, a decade. Maybe a decade. All right. I can tell you that it is a new era. Our, our, our brand. Possibly the only brand that I can Oh, sp- speaking of dope merch, um, graffiti. Did yeah. you guys hear this? Graffiti yeah. is, is uh, I don't know if they're going bankrupt or out of business or something, but like that, a lot of my good um, like t-shirt, uh, I'm sorry, good comic book t-shirts uh, usually come from graffiti, like just like, you know, the Nightwing logo or yeah. like, you yeah. know. I don't know. I've got this Lion Cat shirt. Is this graffiti? I don't know. But I heard tell that um, maybe they're not doing well or something. Yeah. I, oh, Robert, thank you. If the copy is still there on Sunday, I'll pick it up for you, JD. Um, I uh, I never want to see a company go down, especially like a geek company. But I always hated how their shirts fit me as a fat kid. Oh, really? Uh, between sizes, I... They're boxy shirts, and I, I never liked their printers. But I would always end up buying, like, four of them at, every single, at every single fucking convention uh, because, you know, I loved, uh, you know, 20 years ago. It was all a lot less cool, I guess, uh, getting, like, a Nightwing logo. Or you're very – and it's just a black shirt with the logo or you're a very, very specific yeah. type of Batman logo from a very specific type of – like it would only ever be graffiti designs. So it's like, yeah, of course I'm going to – of course I'm going to do two for 40. I would probably never fit yeah. in these shirts. But yeah, I'm going to buy two. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know what shirt I always wanted that I never saw one of available? A mage shirt like mage the hero mm-hmm. defines i had one i've seen them ev- i've seen them everywhere it was just the white lightning bolt yeah right. so there yeah. is it's just the white lightning bolt and yeah. i've seen something yeah. that's very similar to it but was like for some other thing and i don't now remember what shazam it was. <laughs> no no it wasn't shazam it because it was white also black adam um, 
<laughs> no, Black Adam is no, white I, on black. Nothing would tickle me more than just throwing out random uh, T-shirt designs <laughs> that may or may not have been made. But let's move on. Um, All right, great. No, Teddy, uh, I want you to be tickled. I want okay. a Scarlet Spider one that's like the sweatshirt that he wore. Oh, you and have now a sweatshirt, don't you? Now we're back on. Let's let's talk more about this. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So uh, we got the email. That's great. We're here to talk about uh, it's graphic novel night. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Tom King's. I forgot the name of it. The Omega Men. Tom King's Omega Men. And uh, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But first, Brian. Hey. What'd you do this week? Huh? Um, I watched a TV show called Little Demon. So you already knew that. I did. Spoiler alert. I already knew up. he was going to say Little hey, Demon. That's the name the, of the show. Or it was. The banner was actually. up behind that. caught like the sausage in it. Yeah, get under that. So there's, there's, behind the there's details direction. about how we prep and or lack thereof prep for the show. Go on. Yeah. What did um, you think of the show? I'm digging it. This is not the first week that I've watched it, but um, it... Wait, shut up! Okay. We're jumping ahead. What's the sh- what is the show? Before you tell us if you like the show, what is the show? <laughs> oh, it's called Little Demon. It's on Hulu. It's no, got uh, Danny DeVito and his daughter. What's Lucy the concept DeVito? of the show? Is there a plot? That, so anyway, the other person doing. is Aubrey oh. Plaza, and uh, they play Danny DeVito plays Satan, and Aubrey Plaza is a human woman who. He fathered a, a daughter with, like, 13 years ago, and she has since been on the run. She's like a buff, magical, demon-killing machine moving from town to town. And the daughter... Yeah, she's got tattoos that are, like, mystical in nature. And, um, and maybe some other tattoos. I don't know. They don't go into it. But uh, the daughter turns 13 and comes into her bower as the Antichrist. Right. So the dad wants to now can find them because she's been masking them and now wants to like reconnect or connect with the daughter, but also to help him take over the world. Right. And really the multiverse. And um, but as it goes on, he may be there's more and more hints that he's like, you know, he likes her. She's his daughter and is maybe going soft a little bit in some ways. He still kills a lot of people and, and does a variety of things. But, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's one of those, I, I get this new sense, this new kind of show, where there's a weird, crazy thing that's happening that nobody bats an eye about, right? Like, the, the Rick and Morty Solar of Opposites it all. is like that. Yeah. What's that? The Rick and Morty of it all. Uh, I get, you know, I couldn't get past the belching with Rick and Morty, and I hear it goes I, away. I, well, but the, I, I the, just I, don't have much of a frame of reference. The comedy being the fact that wild fantastical things are happening and most people are nonplussed or like that's the joke the straight man of the joke like hmm. here's a 15 nippled thing that's asking for directions and you're just like yeah it's over there shut up i'm having a conversation like yeah, yeah that's the humor of it yeah so like the world is like that is that the case in rick and morty or is it just that? A, lo- a lot okay. of it yeah uh, solar opposites is like that too where they're aliens who yeah. do alien shit and the town is just like and eh, i your alien shit you know so, like, there's a neighbor on Little Demon who is fun, who just, like, comes over and chats with Aubrey Plaza's character and their friends, but, you know, she's, like, 
killing chickens for different rituals, and the neighbor's like, hey, let's go out to the bar, you know. Um, so uh, they're completely open about it. And the fact that that is a new wave in TV is interesting in itself, right? Like, we're done with the trope of, like, they hide things and the rest of the world doesn't know. We're out there. I think yeah. it's specifically in animation. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I... I can't well, it's think much of, easier to do crazy shit in animation, you know? Is there, like, a sitcom or a TV show that kind of functions? You know what? And a little... In some of the humor of the Orville, it's a little bit like that. But mm. the the joke is to the audience, not, like, the... Yeah, like, that's the world actors, that all of them. Yeah, like, they, yeah. they don't bat an eye because they're used to it, whereas it's still, like, you know, the regular yeah. world. Mm. I can't think of another show live action right now that is um it is of the format of one crazy thing is happening other than resident alien where he is motivated to hide for a variety of reasons but um Hmm. but they could do that with that i know that was an original idea for roger on american dad that became ted later that the way to get him out of the house was going to be the world finds out and they just don't care anymore but in these shows they don't even address it um I think the closest parallel, actually, that I can think of is the removal of secret identities from superhero stuff, where that used to be, like, considered a main part about superhero things, and now the MCU doesn't have them mostly at all, and the Arrowverse shows, or or Superman and Lois, which recently made itself distinct from the Arrowverse, are open about the identities with all of the main cast, right? The idea of, like, well, we have to hide this kind of thing and that will create drama is either becoming less interesting or less relevant. I think that happened for two reasons, honestly. Like, it's the same reason why in horror movies they have to come up with some convoluted reason to cut telecommunications or Mm. modern technology out of the plot because a lot of the normal tropes wouldn't be able to be executed if they they existed, right? So in an age of high-speed internet, social media uh, proliferation, and facial recognition software at McDonald's. Mm. I don't necessarily think something as simple as, like, removing your glasses is necessarily a plot point that people can get over. But then coupled with, I don't know, it's just the zeitgeist seems to be moving more towards, like, the next version of those stories. Like, protecting your loved one's by lying to them just doesn't seem as relevant anymore. Yeah. Hiding. Well, and also in the similarity between that and like solar opposites and little demon, like hiding something isn't as interesting of uh, dramatic motivation. I, I, and yeah, it's it's a, it's a shift in fiction that I kind of agree with. Like, um, and I didn't realize it was happening until it was like everywhere. Like I, I didn't realize like the, MCU didn't have uh, it was like you know five years in before I realized like oh no one's got a secret identity <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, except Spider-Man um, who didn't Daredevil. for a little while yeah yeah I mean that goes on and oh yeah Daredevil still does in, in the MCU yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but then when I guess it came to a fever pitch when Bendis had Superman reveal his identity mm-hmm. and everyone really really got pissed about it um, but listening to his rationale, I was like, you know, I don't really disagree with that. You know, like makes sense. Yeah. Every everyone yeah. that's close it to him. Go ahead. It was a very Clark thing to do. 
Yeah, and also too, like, um, if listening to interviews of Bendis, is like he he literally did like the math, pulling like he debated it with fellow writers and did the math of like each one of the excuses or reasons people would give, and he's like, "What about protecting his loved ones?" He's like, "Lois is already always in danger." <laughs> more closely but, associated with Superman than Clark Kent. Yeah, exactly. You like, he, like yeah, he would yeah, yeah. he would negate arguments left and right, and it was just like, yeah, I think this is the right thing to do because in the modern age, this this person, if they existed, would not necessarily support this decision, and it just it just mm-hmm. stuck. And I I love that when because perpetual second act stories never get to change, but when little things like that do kind of shift and change. I think it's exciting. I think it's cool. Anyway, sorry. Um, so the show is good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's not at all uh, the first thing that I watch, or like my top priority kind of show, but it's a nice half, half hour, like, while I'm eating kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I have a big TV in the shop, and Ray, um, my friend assistant, my friend slash assistant, has been putting it on um, when there's no one in the store. <laughs> it is yeah. not. No, it's not for everyone. Family appropriate. No, yeah. no, not for not for. But Danny DeVito makes a surprisingly great fit for the type of Satan that he is playing in this in this uh, yeah. show. Yeah. Is it just? Um, is it just? I, like Frank I, I never. Robert Monroe Jr. says I never understood how putting on a Harley Quinn mask disguised someone's identity. And I believe Noel said cheekbones. Identity is in hiding cheekbones. Yeah. Uh, it, and that is the. This is hidden. One of my all time. One of my all time favorite lines from a superhero movie actually comes from Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he shows up and he's trying to front like he's not Ryan Reynolds. And, you know, and, and uh, Carol's there and she's just like, how? <laughs> but you think you think I didn't know it was you because I couldn't see your your cheekbones or something yeah. like that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I can buy one of my favorite. I can buy, especially with Superman, that people wouldn't think he has a secret identity. Nobody would think that uh, if they saw Clark Kent on the subway that he was Superman. But yeah, Lois, Jimmy, Barry Olson. I mean, really, let's face it. Lois always knew. Most of her Silver Age stories were about trying to prove that he was Superman. You don't keep trying to prove something if you don't know. But he's Superman. He could avoid her being able to get hard evidence to that effect, you know? Um, hey, Robert and Joe Jr. is adding demon, uh, Little Demon to his Hulu list. Let us know what you think. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, report back. Email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. Um, Sorry, that was a lot. Brian mentioned something in his description of Little Demons, and I think it yeah. would be a perfect segue for... JD to talk about his uh, like recent recent dive into the world of Resident Alien on Sci-Fi slash Peacock, depending on if you stream it or watch it live. How dove are you? How far are we in? I'm in episode. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say episode one. I'm in season one. Okay. Episode like seven ish. Okay. Um. Th- so first of all, for anyone who doesn't know, Resident Alien is probably in its what third season now. I think it's actually the second season. We're about to go into its third season. N- um, yeah, and and it is starring one of my all time favorite actors who I don't think gets enough play totally agree. and credit. Yeah, Alan Tudyk, um, who you may know as Hey Hey from a Moana. <laughs> um, <laughs> Certainly, uh, most notable or, role. <laughs> yeah, uh, or as Wash from Serenity slash Firefly. 
uh, Pastor uh, was... Veal in Arrested Development. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also the robot in iRobot. He was Sunny in iRobot. Also oh, I the Robotion. He was also the robot in Rogue One. He was also the robot in. He's a lot of robots. <laughs> a lot of different robots. Yeah. yeah. I believe he was the Toucan Bird in uh, in Kanto. I believe he was Pua in. Um, <laughs> uh, what's the other? Oh, no, not Hey Hey. Uh, no, he was Hey Hey, not Pua. I'm trying to think. I think he was another animal. Anyway, he's a great actor. He's wonderful, and yeah. his comedic timing is is just spot oh, on he's, he's so great yeah and so uh it's based on a comic book series of the same name from uh dark horse i want to say it was and i never read the comic and so i had little interest in this other than alan tudyk and basically the plot of the show is an alien comes from outer space and is here to destroy the world and winds up you know electricity it was it flies into a storm electricity hits his uh his ship he goes down and he winds up killing and taking the place of a small town doctor. And the, the fun comedic acting that he does is like fish out of water. I look like a human, but I'm very clearly an alien. And uh, I'm just trying my best to keep, my, um, keep people from discovering who I am. That's what a lot of the, the humor is. Um, and it's it's delightful. It's really fun. Uh, it's not breaking any boundaries or anything. I don't think it's just a really fun. I think it's an hour. Is it an hour long show? Yeah, it's an hour. An hour of yeah. network TV time. Yeah, so yeah. like forty something minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it's fun. It's great. His relationship with the kid is fun. Yeah, the, yeah. The he keeps trying to murder this child. Yeah. Who's like once that man at every turn. Yeah. The humor is very dark. Yeah. There's a lot of child murder related humor <laughs> although to be fair to the show like it is pretty dark but that aspect of it is played so lightly that that almost seems like the least dark part of the show sometimes uh you know middle middle of it we we were we were um i've watched the first i think four episodes and i like it i like it about the same as jd does um but we were talking about it the other day and Part of me feels like it would be even better if it was 30 minutes long each episode, oh, like yeah. slightly tighter. Yeah, because I there have been there have been times in the first couple of episodes where they feel like they're just extending to a commercial break. Like mm. his his performance and the plot of the show almost feels like it could be told at a more. Uh, at a at a higher pace, especially for the comedy, and then for like the the turns, um, and I I'm feeling this way too because now we live in a it's 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 a network television it's a, a cable television show which means it's like mandated to be forty four minutes, but Breaks you know at certain times yeah we're in yeah. a we're in a an era like a spoiled era now where streaming shows can be whatever the fucking length they need to be in order to be the best version of themselves. And like I'm really digging these high, high quality production and otherwise thirty five minute episodes that just get in, do the job incredibly well, and get out. They don't have to have six minutes of filler in order to, you know, accommodate another commercial break. And sometimes it feels like I just I feel a little harder I with Resident Alien. Yeah, I I personally haven't felt that. Um... If you told me it was a half-hour show, I would have believed you. Yeah. 
It That's what I literally by. asked. I was like, Brian, is this an hour long show? Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. an hour long show. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's delightful. Robin Monroe Jr. is in the chat saying, I love the Resident Alien comic books. I have to get back into the series. Yeah. Was Robert, was this the comic book also funny? I heard they're quite was it a comedy? And I, the I read alien it. in the comic is not like uh as I don't want to say villainous. But I, read the, I read the first two trades. I read the yeah. first two trades. Um, I didn't like the first episode of the show because mm-hmm. I liked the t- the comic a lot better. The comic right, right, is right. is um, more sarcastic, witty wordplay, mm-hmm. and tonally at like a seven. The show is much broader and more slapsticky especially in like like the relationship with the kid is not something that's in the comic the comic is more of a um fish out of water almost um romance noir kind of tinge to it too um it's really 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 well done the show is nothing like it other than the general conceit so it took me like an extra episode to not think about the comic both are really good but the comic is really not like the show. Yeah. You know what I love? I have no interest in the comic, but because of the show, I'm, I'm curious to go read it. Uh, you might like uh, it. I love the intros. Like the order. The, uh, the intros to the show, the like airplane-style yes. guides of like do this, but not that. Um, yeah, you know, like pee in this direction, into the urinal, do not pee yeah. on the guy next to you. That kind of yeah. thing is great. I actually... Before I knew that you were talking about this this week, I wanted to bring up something that the most recent episode, because I'm a few behind, the most recent one that I watched, the description, and this will give nothing away, also because it doesn't happen, says Halloween (laughs) comes to patience and Harry goes out in his alien guise. Nothing even remotely like that happens in the whole episode. I'm like... I guess they're just going to do it as a tag at the end? Nope. Nothing. I don't know where they got that. Uh, I mean, we've been reading comic solicitations that are wildly incorrect, written three months yeah. in advance for years. I, that, doesn't, that doesn't shake me. It's just it's so <laughs> digital, so easy to change, and I've never seen one. Not never, but if just like Halloween happens, it's not like it's the wrong episode or something. Um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah, no, it's Halloween. He is not involved in that in any way. He's doing uh, something else. Funny. That's a spoiler. Yeah, that's a spoiler, and it just knocks now you me know. off the rest of the show. I don't care now. You shouldn't watch it. I don't. I don't that want was to. My like, plan. We, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch up until the Halloween episode. Yeah, I mean it's good and up then, until that's then. It. I'm and out. then I'm out. It really falls off a I serious feel, clip. It, like, yeah. it, I, I almost feel betrayed. I haven't invested the time yet, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna invest the time in order to just validate this feeling of betrayal. Sometimes it's nice to be angry. <laughs> uh, JD. <laughs> What else you been watching, huh? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, so I have a big, I don't know if you want to call it a crush. Okay. I'm going to call it She's wonderful. I love Sharon Horgan. Um, now, to be fair, I love Sharon Horgan in the way that I never knew her actual name. Okay. <laughs> I would always be like, oh, that lady from Catastrophe. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, you saw her from afar. I've made, I've made a point of going yeah. in and being like, her name is Sharon Horgan. Right. Uh, and she is from, the first time I saw her was in a show called Catastrophe, which was 
a uh, a sick. I guess it's a sitcom. It was like a half hour funny uh, British show about an Irish woman and an American man who meet in London and they have a one night stand and then he flies back to America and she goes back to Ireland and then he gets a call. Oops, I'm pregnant. And so they go, all right. And they get a place together in London and um, try to, you know, be a family and raise a baby. And it's so good. It is so, so good. I can't say enough about Catastrophe. It is delightful. It was, it's rip roaringly funny. I have laughed out loud so many times watching that show. It also has a lot of heart and also deals with much darker things as the, as the episodes go. Uh, It gets a little darker as it goes. Um, How long are we talking? How many episodes? Or two seasons, right? Like two seasons? I want to say it was three seasons. Okay. Uh, It's over now. It's done. But you could probably, I think it's on, I think it was an Amazon show. Um, but I uh, absolutely love that show. And the, 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 it's the two of them. Really, the charm of the show is the two of them and the biting dialogue that they have against each other. Yeah. It's a very quick-witted show. Do they not get on too well? They do. Oh, they do. But they also, oh. they also frustrate the fuck out of each other. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's, you know, watching their interaction is delightful. And so I really liked her in that. And so now she has, I don't know if she's the showrunner. I know she's definitely executive producing. I feel like she's like one of the showrunners and also the show writers. Um, and it is called Bad Sisters. And so we have a, a murder. Well, I'm sorry. We have a corpse in the first episode. And we have, I want to, I want to say there's five sisters that okay. are all related, obviously sisters. And we come to find out that one or more of the sisters may be directly involved in why this man is dead. Yeah. And so there's a lot of jumping back and forth and revelations and stuff. And boy, it it is really, really good. The only problem I have with this show is the guy who plays the, the shitty husband of one of the sisters is the guy who dies. And he's, he was played by the guy who did the most recent Dracula BBC adaptation, which was very interesting. Uh, but my only one. Like oh, was, I don't know. Ago? It was like a modern one. Yeah. It like yeah. starts, the first episode starts off back then and then becomes modern. Yeah. I didn't see it. Actually. Is that Moffat? It's Moffat. Yeah. Okay. He's, same actor. And so his job is to be shitty, right? Okay. Because we have to, as the audience, we have to go, we can sort of understand why someone may want to kill this man. <laughs> the problem is every single decision so far, every single decision that this man has made has been shitty. At every turn, there's like the opportunity to not be shitty. And he's just, it feels almost one dimensional at this point. And I think it would be hoove the show to give us a little bit of something extra. Give us something a little bit like a gray area of like, mm, maybe he didn't quite deserve to die. But like literally everything, everything a, a person can do to make you go, that guy sucks. This guy does it well, and revels in it. So like he's just bad. He just you know? sucks. Having having he not sucks. having not seen the show yet. Would that is that something that the show seems to want to explore? Is it more about getting away with murder and less about the moral ambiguity of the decisions that they made? Your impressions thus far? Um the moral the moral quandary is there with the sisters. Mm. 
but not whether or not this dude deserves to die. Is there ever, is it, is it ever, is it always coming from a unreliable narrator or is it you see the flashbacks oh. omnisciently? You s- Ooh, it's a good question. Let's really, like if it's if it's, no, you see them omnisciently. You oh, well, see then, them omnisciently. well then, yeah, maybe that is a little bit of a lack. Mm-hmm. Well, because you know, I, I understand that you don't want your protagonists to <laughs> come off as unrepentant murderers. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you could probably swing the pendulum too far and make it uninteresting if he's just a straight up villain in every single turn. Yeah, yeah. it also becomes sort of like um, uh, the comedy is in trying in trying to kill this man and failing. Uh, wait. Like, how much of it is flashback and how much of it is... Half. Half, half. Okay, yeah. So he if does get more, it. Actually. Oh. And then, of course, there's there's a, the side plot of... The, the, the reason we're even seeing all of this happening is because the, the people who are there, the insurance company is there to pay off his, his uh, life uh, insurance. Uh-huh. There's been some mishandling. It's a family-owned insurance company. Uh-huh. And there's been some mishandling of the finances of the insurance company and they can't afford to pay out uh, this huge um, uh, life insurance policy. Yeah. So these two brothers are trying to interview the entire family and find a way to not pay this big payout. Uh, uh, that's funny. So that's sort of, they're the ones taking us through this this thing. It's, it's delightful. I highly recommend it. Apple TV... Bad Sisters, Sharon Horgan. She's wonderful. I love her. All right. Right on. Yeah. Highly recommend. Uh, now, Noel. Yeah. I throw the question back to you. What did you do this week, huh? I read comics. I read comics. I, oh, watch, work. I watch shows here and there, that, but I chose to, to talk about the comics I read. Um, okay. Uh, but just leaving with a little uh, Lord of the Rings is better than House of the Dragon. Anyway. I want to watch both of those shows. Uh, they're both to either of them. They're both good at what they are. I'm very yeah. much enjoying Lord of the Rings a little bit more right now. Yeah, I'm not sure I care that much about the Game of Thrones prequel that doesn't take place that long before, but I heard it's good. I heard, it's it's really good at what it is. You just have to really want what it what it is. Like naked, good-looking people and murder. <sighs> Yeah, it's essentially another okay. Game of Thrones. It's just kind of focused on one house. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Instead of everyone in the realm trying to fight for the crown, it's essentially the Targaryens fighting the Targaryens for the crown. Right. It's, the sa- it's the same thing. Yeah. Mileage may vary. Um, uh, I want to talk about AXE. 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 Mm. Judgment Day. Avengers. X-Men. Eternal. Body spray. Oh. Yeah. Judgment Day. We are... Four issues in and many tie-ins into this ongoing summer event for Marvel Comics. And I wanted to touch base on it because, honestly, uh, the last couple events have been pretty dope. Like, I know people give a lot of shit to uh, event fatigue. I also give shit to event fatigue and usually don't read tie-ins. Just the, But we all enjoyed Empire. That was really fun. Most yeah. of us enjoyed um, the carnage ones because they were just... Imaginative. King in Black. Uh, we enjoyed um, Devil's Reign. What we read of it. What you guys read of it. You enjoyed. Like they've been, okay. they've been pretty strong books. So I wanted like Kieran Gillen is a commodity. Uh, Valerio Shidi, who's doing the art for the main series, did Empire. Excellent artist. Um, and this plot is 
super fascinating. It's it, the, we're four issues in, and all the punch em ups uh, was relegated to the first issue. It's literally all been morality plays the entire time, and it's really fascinating. Now, that sounds like Kieran Gillen's there's, cup of tea. There's two ways for me to describe this. The more slightly more fun way <laughs> is potentially going to spoil something that happened in the Eternals book a year ago. Can I take that route? Which or? I'm reading now. Don't do it. Okay. Is it that they're eternal? There's a, there's a contingency to eternal them. Um, oh, so. Just go ahead. Just fucking say it. No. Oh. Uh, what happened? What's the less fun oh. way? The more uh, serious dour way. To <laughs> the, the, yeah. the shitty way. The stupid shitty yeah. way. Um, the Valerio shitty way. Something something happens to the the eternal like the Earth is is the engine. Uh, the Eternals yeah. are functions of the engine to keep it going. Their job is to reduce the amount of divergency on Earth for it to be a you know equilibrium or a balance. Hmm. Um, they are forever. They are constant. If something happens to them, the machine revives them. That's it. Um, how that yeah. works is revealed in the book. It's a little fucked up. So a contingent of the Eternals break away, uh, not wanting to live this lie anymore, and are now held up with the Divergence. Uh, so they are like, they are like the forgotten or the the removed. <clears throat> so you've got like, are they characters like pre-existing Eternals characters? Yeah, it's people it's, who left a long time ago. It's popular Eternals. Oh, all right. Nice. Um, okay. They choose they choose a different allegiance based off of a truth that was revealed to them. Um, so that's cooking in the background now, like all of Eternals are divergent. Um, we all know that Krakoa revives mutants, sure. uh, in the yeah. pages of X-Men, which I'm not reading, but apparently now the rest of the world knows that they keep getting resurrected and they're not happy. So it's this, Why? they're never too happy. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, well, you, yeah, it's true. You have the, you have the, uh, the secret of immortality and you're keeping it to yourselves. So yeah, there's. You know, I asked that question. You know, I asked why would people be upset, <laughs> and then I went, "Oh, anytime a black person is um, uh, cast as anybody ever in a movie, and there's an article online, yeah. there are the people who laugh react that." Oh really? And yeah. I go, "Oh yeah." Why you not yeah. us? Kind of a thing. Um, yeah, people get upset about it. So, so that's happening. So the Eternals are having their strife. The X Men are now being exposed and are now kind of like, you know the general population is kind of hit or miss on them. And yeah. then also, which we read, planetized X-Men, where they literally terraform Mars. They terraform Mars. They have another, they have a whole system. <laughs> they have a whole other planet, a whole other race, the whole nine. So the great machine that is the Eternals, under new management that sucks, has identified... <laughs> mutants as deviants because oh, they shit. they check off oh, they check off the boxes of yeah they do of deviancy yeah, yeah. of of uh, uh you know in, in general and then also there's the added little kind of like story point where um only mutants are able to use the portals to krakoa mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. eternals are able to use the uh portals also which implies that there is a shared lineage of some sorts, you know, millions of years removed, but still just kind of a shared lineage. Yeah. So you've got all these things happening at once. 
So shitty Eternals are like, hey, our job is to eradicate deviancy. Let's kill all the yeah. mutants. So the whole book starts with an attack on Krakoa. Oh, shit. And it's, yeah. it's crazy rad. It's insane. And the Avengers are just trying to get in the middle of the fray of, like, you know, pushing the two sides. Don't kill all these people. Yeah. yeah. That's, Yo, that's only I, the first issue. <laughs> Delario Sheedy is so good. Right. Let's see it. This art is great. Put it up on that screen. What? Let's see. I want to see Hold it. Hold it. Let's see. I found you a good. I'll keep talking. Yes, it's it is a beautiful book. Um, also, the tie-in issues that I have been reading are all interesting and all written by Kieran Gillen. It's like he literally is. There's, well, that's cool. Um, there are some that cool aren't. Picture. There's a giant face there, listeners at home. Yeah, so that is <laughs> that what he's what he's showing that giant face. That's actually a um, the it's an illustration of the uh, the psychic attack that the Eternals are doing on the island of Krakoa. Like the, it's, it's cool. They actually break down the strategy of attack where they incapacitate all of their psychics first and then this, and then this, and it, and they actually like Chidi visualizes it. It's very interesting, but who are the internal psychics? Who have they got psychic wise? I don't fucking know. They don't say, I don't know all their names, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, that's all just the first issue. Um, as it keeps going, invariably the heroes coupled with some Eternals and a mutant decide like, hey, let's try and circumvent, let's try and circumvent the bad Eternals idea of what their God wants them to do by giving them a different God. They will only ever listen to a celestial. So let's, have a celestial tell them to stop. So they revive. If you guys remember, uh, the Avengers are Avengers. Uh, where are standing in the they are they're the they're current. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's the one that's in the like the Himalayas. It's Arishem. Oh, they literally oh, live yeah. in the dead host of of the right. uh, the first right. Eternal that there's a, of, visited there's Earth. a lot of celestials on Earth. The one in the one in Times Square, like that. They got rid of that during Secret or uh, Secret for, Wars. Like for beings that I think yeah. are. Yeah. Well. My understanding of these beings is that they were larger than the planet. Not all. They've appeared on planets. Before. Well, the ones in the movie big. are bigger than the planet. The ones in the comics, they're just giants. Like they're ga- yeah, they're I thought they were like galacticized. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're like galacticized. But Galactus can stand on the surface. Galactus of the Earth. is bigger than the planet. No, he's not. He can stand on the surface of the Earth. He's moving his machines around. He stands on the surface of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, All that's right. just our perception. All species see him okay. differently. Let me yeah. let me get to the point. So this is again, this is only yeah. like the first two issues. I, I'm yeah. I'm spoiling plot points without spoiling the story. Trust me. Okay. I'm just trying to sell you guys on this shit because it's great. I'm sold. Um, no, no, hang on. Let me finish. So you know, with Tony and and a, like all the best scientists, they're like, we're gonna wake up Arishem and he's gonna see all the good that we do. And yeah, they wake him up. And he's like, fuck y'all. And it goes according to plan. We're, I'm, you have 24 hours. I'm going to judge each and every one of you individually and as oh, species. Huh. And when I'm done. It's going to take a while. 
We'll <laughs> figure it out. Well, I mean, he's he's a god. He he does it in a day. But all at once. The rest of the like the rest of the the subsequent issues are just characters being judged, and a lot of characters that you would think don't get thumbed down, they get thumbed down, and vice versa. It's absolutely awesome. Like in the middle of. I can't, the last time I remember something being like kind of this imaginative with, you know, a big toy box, because he's creating new rules within it. I think of uh, Green Lantern, where like, oh, he yeah. just like, Jones. hey, oh, we've yeah. got this one idea with one color. Oh, fuck it. Uh, what if other colors have different things? What if the different things do this? And what if, like, it just kind of keeps, will it go as far as that and wear out its welcome like that did? Hopefully not. Yeah, but either way, yeah. it's it's taking toys that exist and doing something different with them, and it's just fucking awesome. Issue four ended in a banger of a cliffhanger that I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on next. This book nice. is fantastic, and you guys should That's pick cool. it up. Oh, man. I got to read it. I got to read it. That's cool. What's the other thing? Uh, the other thing is a out-of-nowhere uh, miniseries oh, on Image Comics called Above Snakes. It's a supernatural western. Uh, Above Snakes is uh, the name of a gang that goes around and kills everyone a lot of times. But um, our main character, his wife and family, are murdered along with the whole town when he is away by this gang. So it's his mission to go murder every single member of Above Snakes. And you are just following him as he's doing it. The supernatural aspect of it is when, when you are called to vengeance you are guided through that process by a manifestation of that vengeance, which appears to you as kind of like an animal of some sorts. So he has a talking raven that only he could see that, that is the manifestation of his vengeance that kind of, they joke with each other, they pick on each other and he kind of like guides them in certain ways. And it just gets weirder and weirder as it goes. And it's just, it's so well-written. It's very funny. It's also very poignant. And the art is really fun. Uh, it's it's a five issue, very contained, really tight miniseries uh, about you know I I don't love all supernatural books and I don't love all westerns but this one just together it's it's really well done. Sweet. Brian, I think you would dig yeah. it too. Yeah, it yeah. sounds interesting. It reminded me of that book that we read the first couple of issues of. I mean, it just put it. it your talk reminded me of it. Uh, Coffin Bound. Yeah. Um, Same yeah. kind of tone. And. It made me think, like, ah, I want to get that catch up with that. There's one really good scene in the second or third issue um, where you're only, you only – I forget the main character's name, but you're only really with him and his bird for the most of it and just kind of, like, tracking down people. But he comes across – his bird comes across another person and another bird. It's an indigenous person. Yeah. The bird, that bird of vengeance, is ten times bigger and – essentially like the plight is contingent on the size of the bird so this indigenous person whose entire fucking tribe was destroyed and decimated by the same gang is like your your squabble has nothing to do with me and don't get in the way of my vengeance and it's this giant fucking Mm. bird it's it's it was a really really fascinating concept kind of manifesting this intangible emotion with an actual like tulpa it's very good book Mm. It's a very good book. That sounds cool. I haven't yeah. read a single issue of it. I have a couple subscribers for it, but I never gave it much thought. It's when it's, it's going to be cool. all collected. It'll be probably something that's really good for like a book club. Just we'll see how it wraps awesome. up. Wraps up. That's, that's what I've been reading this uh, week. That's what we've all been doing this week. 
And uh, if uh, you want to uh, help the show out, uh, in addition to liking and subscribing on YouTube, you can uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, we stream there as well. If you can find us on Facebook, just look up Cult Pop Podcasts. You can become a patron to help us keep going by going to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. You can also uh, just email me at jdsherocomplex at gmail.com if you want to special order anything. I do mail outs. I'll get comics in for you and I'll email or I'll mail them to you. Um, any of that stuff would help uh, my life significantly and also your life because then you would have comics. And um, let's move on to the reason we're all here. Guys, Friendship? it's time for the orgy. No, wait, that's after the show. Um, we're here to talk about The what Omega Men by Tom King and um, Barnaby Bagen- Bagenda. Bagenda. And Iguara. And Iguara. What'd I say? Nothing He's a different guy. Oh, and Iguara. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, let's see. A group of alien freedom, freedom fighters pose as two. <laughs> oh, what? Okay, <clears throat> sorry. A group of alien freedom fighters pose as terrorists to accomplish this mi- their mission from the mind of ex-CIA analyst Tom King. The Omega Men are back in an all-new series. They've murdered White Lantern Kyle Rayner, and now the universe wants them to pay. Who are these intergalactic criminals, and is there more to their actions than meets the eye? Uh, I did not read this until today. I literally... Open yeah. this today. I borrowed Knoll's nice deluxe edition hardcover. Out of print, baby. So, so hard. Baby. It's really pretty. Um, and this was, this came out in a time when I didn't know who Tom King was. I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody really did. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think Sheriff of Babylon was coming after this. Oh, I think it was right before. That was first... Like That was like, no? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I watched an interview with him today, actually, um, and he on the episode where six epi- six issues have already come out of this, he starts promoting Sheriff of Babylon. Cool. Oh. So yeah, the, but the first thing I'd ever heard of him uh, was the Sheriff of Babylon Get series. Down. So um, this completely flew under, over, around my radar. Even though I'm a big Kyle Rayner fan, I think maybe I knew it was a Kyle Rayner book and uh, I flipped through the first issue and went, this, does, this doesn't look like it's for me. So I put it down. Um, but I picked it up today so that we could discuss it. And uh, I have thoughts, but um, have you guys – all right, so Noel, you, this is your copy. You already read this before you handed it to me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I read it. Yeah. Uh, I did not read it when it was coming out. I literally read it. Because I read all of his other stuff that was already available. I think I had just finished Grayson and Sheriff of Ooh, Babylon. Right. Oh, that was him too. Yeah, that, I was going to say, I think that was the first thing. Him and Tim Seeley. Partially, right? Him and Tim Seeley wrote the whole Grayson Hypnos uh, spiral spy thriller For thing. anyone who doesn't know, um, Dick Grayson, the first Robin, eventually became Nightwing. And then at some point in the last 10 years, they decided... Uh, and I think Forever Evil killed him off, killed yeah. him off. And so everyone thought he was dead. And then he basically went undercover for a and became a super spy. And so well, that was the, the was graphic. Dead. Right. Like they, did, they didn't try to. The world. The, they, the yeah, world yeah. thought he was dead. Yeah. Two issues later in um, the series. Yeah. It'd be dead. hard to fool the readers with your books called Grayson. Yeah. Um, I'm on to them. 
Yeah. No, but I mean, hey, even in, wait a minute. Even in that issue where I think like yeah. Luther shot him or something, by the end we knew that he wasn't. Or the it, was, it, it was. I mean, if we want to get really specific, it was a cliffhanger where the timer okay. went out and he was dead, and then All right. the next issue a month later. Yeah. 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 It was like psych. Yeah. yeah. Deuces. Um. But anyway. Yeah. Go yeah. on. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, so I, I was, and then I think at the time, Mr. Miracle was coming out. So I was just becoming very aware of him. And I was like, oh, I've never read this Omega Men. It was a whole 12 issue series that came out and it was done. It was a full story. And everyone seems to be very positive about it. It was one of those series where a lot of the, uh, I don't know, what are they called in comic communities? The, the, the idea of hipsters, like, well, I was a fan of Tom King back with Omega Men and it got canceled. You know, like, that kind of, like, ownership of... hipsters. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of ownership of uh, I knew it first. Dorks. And I was just like, all right, this must be... I, I gotta give this a shot. So I picked up the, the, the hardcover and... So that you could it, be, like, one of those guys? I mean, I mean, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no, tell us about how you read this before any of us. <laughs> well, you see, uh, I knew how good it was before anyone else. No, um, yeah. and that's not necessarily what I think and feel. Okay. I yeah. it sat on my shelf for a little while, and I ended up I yeah. I had I was on vacation, and it was one of the books I brought with me, and I I, I read it in like one and a half sittings or two or two sittings, just like I took a break in between because I it's I didn't. It was, at the very least, it was fascinating. Um, yes. It was fascinating. It was intriguing. It was, uh, like, the right balance of multiple different genres. Um, I got bugged by some things. I, I I took myself out of the story a couple of times, being like, is this in continuity? Did, like, uh, when, when does this occur? Is he still dating Carol? What's going on? Like... I literally took myself out of the story a couple of times, but then just ended up finding myself back in it and being interested. Um, it, it, it was just, I, all in all, I was, no matter how you felt about the actual story, it just, it felt like a worthy read. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion of it. Now, Brian, I'd like to revisit for a second. JD laughed about it, that they pose as terrorists in the way that I am posing as somebody sitting on a couch. Like, Thank you. They are so into that. Yeah. They have posed so well that they are yeah. absolutely terrorists, 100%. Yeah. 100% yeah. terrorists. Yeah. yeah. That's why I, it caught me off guard. I did not read that before reading it on air. So I was like, yeah. post as terrorists. I don't, there's no ambiguity. Right. They're no, committed to the roles. There's no ambiguity yeah. in the story, too. Like, they are terrorists. What, they, what the story. Yeah reveals to you is how they became terrorists and then how you feel about their station after that is up to you. Yeah. Which I thought was, which cool. is what I like, what I wound up liking about the book. Um, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure I enjoyed the process of reading the book as much as I enjoyed getting to the end and thinking about it afterwards. Brian, did yeah. you read this series as it was coming out? I read the first issue when it came out. Because I always thought the Omega Men were cool, and I liked Kyle Rayner, um, uh, or I, I did by that time. And um, I wanted to read the rest of it because, I mean, Kyle Rayner was in it. It was the time when he was the White Lantern. I thought that was interesting. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't think, if I read the second issue, I definitely didn't read the third. Um, not 
because I didn't want to keep up with it. But, uh, and I love the sci-fi DC area, you know. Um, but it might have just been one where I didn't have it on my pull list and the shop I was at didn't order that many. And so it just wasn't there the next month. And then, and then that was that. Gotcha. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So I only read issue one. I distinctly remember the throat cut scene. And I was like, oh, how's, how's Kyle going to get out of this one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now... You we have you have a history of Tom King. I do on this Tom show. Tom King and I that he is unaware of it, but I have a history. Yeah, of him. yeah. <laughs> um, Noel and I. Yeah, a different history. I think enjoy Tom yeah. King slightly more. Noel, I think enjoys Tom King the most, probably. Yes. And then there's me. The same like, order. Maybe seventy percent of what is done. Yeah. And then Brian's like, "Stop fucking with my Silver Age superheroes, you piece of shit." I, Not everything has to be dark and gritty. To be fair, also, right? to be fair too, I think all yeah, of us. Yeah, that motherfucker. All of it. Uh, to be fair too, like I do not love everything that Tom King does. Sure. Like no. Well, well this is like, like there's, example. Uh, I mean, Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis. Okay. Uh, yeah, 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 a yeah, third sure. of the Batman run. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, a third of Batcat. <laughs> like I don't. Right. It, his name on it doesn't immediately give it a pass. But yeah, yeah. he does have such a specific way that he tells stories that if you are allergic to it, it there's a is a very large curve to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I've been enjoying um, Human Target and Supergirl. Yeah. I am like one issue away from finishing and didn't get to it. Um, I'm reserving judgment on both of those for how the story ends, but I've been enjoying them so far. Um, Same. Those and are, that, and those that are won't both. Change, you know. Those are both pretty straightforward compared to the the other ones that we're talking about. So, like, like yeah. Mr. Miracle is more ephemeral. Uh, Vision is much more disturbing. Um, but I Human Target Mr. is pretty Miracle straightforward, too, and I liked it when it came out. And that's another one that I wanted to keep reading because I love the New Gods. And, good. And I was like, yeah, let me let me stick with this, and just didn't for whatever reason. I don't remember why. I think that might be his uh, best balance. Yeah. Between his style and... Either way, this book. Yeah. This book. This book. Um, this book I did not like, but not for those reasons, right? I was like, and this is boring, and the twists are lame, and I'm not feeling this at all. And uh, I wanted to. I wanted to like it, because the Omega Men are cool. They're gritty sci-fi already. So there's no, like... Uh, what's he doing to my Omega Men? You know, kind of thing. Um, I thought Kyle Rayner's religious existence was uh, shitty and out of left field. And I was like, was that new to you too? Since when is Kyle Rayner like a big time Catholic? You know what I mean? Thank you. Or presumably, I thought the same thing. I don't know some same thing religion. Yeah, like where that come from? Just because he's. Latino, I guess, is where that came I, from. I, actually, I think that's I don't where know. it came from. I, I think it's just Mexican-American yeah. culture, for the most part, being largely I Catholic. Guess. And, and as a story sure point, many of them are secular as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? As, but, as a... Yeah. As a, a it's You're pretty mostly, secular. It's mostly <laughs> Catholic and Christian. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, that has never so far been an element of Kyle Renner's character that I know of. And no. there was a lot of like, oh, right, you're juxtaposing some religious thing against this action that it normally wouldn't be. You know, whatever. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, and there was, there were potholes, too, that I, that I just didn't look past, you know? The, I'm, I, so I, I actually read, so keep buying the sausage. I, Mm -hmm. if I've read something already, I don't often reread it for the show. I actually reread this yesterday. So what, what plot point, what did I miss? So for one, very comic specific type plot hole. Kyle Rayner, for most of the series, does not have access to his White Lantern ring, yeah. which he has decided to give up, even though the act was with the Green Lanterns, but whatever. He gave it up. He doesn't have it. And then he and the rest of the gang are being tortured uh, in the Citadel by the leader of the Citadel. And that guy is wearing the White Lantern ring. Kyle does nothing, right? He's right next to it. Does not try to pull it to himself. Does not do jack shit about Ah. getting back his ring. Kyle wasn't being tortured. Kyle Kyle wasn't being tortured. He was getting the thing moved out of him. Yeah, but he was conscious. Like, he was talking to the dude. Hmm. And he's like... Not aware that the ring is there, right? Very DC yeah. Comics specific plot hole. There it is. This scene. Wait. Or maybe the is, next one. Is that him in the room though? Uh, you're, you're you're right. Uh, oh well. Yeah. Is he in the room? Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. going. Not right. even a mention. Right. Of, like I'm too weak to pull it back or something like that. You know. Um, because the whole time I'm like, how is he not getting his ring back? Uh, there was that. I thought. I guess the um. The, th- the whole thing with the planet, the the climax at the end, where the planet is destroyed so they can get the Stellarium out, which I thought was a bit of out-of-a-nowhere MacGuffin kind of thing, that it's like, what, billions of planets are on the verge of destruction now? You know? And every planet needs this Stellarium? Um, um, that's... I'll push back on that one. The planet, okay. the planet wasn't destroyed to get the Stellarium. The people were destroyed. Yes. So, well, because they would, yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't allow them to mine it. They were a people that kept themselves hidden. So, uh, the big people thought, well, the world, you know, the rest of the, the other five planets won't know that we sneak in and kill them all and, and mine the planet. Um, that was the big lie. I guess they're just still mining it because I was surprised yeah. that there was any there, but that shield was up, but it was hiding them. Okay. But yeah, I thought the existence, the necessity of that Stellarium, there were, first of all, billions of planets that are part of this, which is a large number. And they all feel like they need this Stellarium to keep them from exploding I, like Krypton did. I mean, I very much believed that personally. Like the idea of yeah. even if they're not on the brink of disaster desiring what would stop them from being in disaster. It's, it's why there's arms races. It's why there's uh, resource races. I just, I did believe it personally. Yeah. I'm, I didn't, I didn't read it as all of these planets are fucked and they need this now. I read it as this is the most precious thing in the world and everyone would kill for yeah. it. That's what I yeah. Same. All right. Same. Uh, that's fair. There was, <laughs> there was one other thing that I thought it's a really early, a really early conversation with uh, Scats, I believe is her name. Scraps. Scra- Scraps. Scraps. And Doc, who 
they say, uh, Scrap says, like, that's the problem with hiding in plain sight. When you're found, you're asterisk, ambersand, whatever, right? So then Doc replies, I am still unsure if it is them or us who are truly a different series of characters. <laughs> they should be the same characters. Right. You know? That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um... That, of course, is just, like, an amusing thing to note. That didn't... Yeah. That, that wouldn't, like, sway my opinion of the book. This shit was weird, though. Kyle's all about Carol. And then he's... Oh, well, eh, it's, I'll be with the princess. It's, it's I love her the, now. It's been, like, four or five months. Yeah, I guess so. Like, the course yeah. of the book is well over a year. Because the war itself it's lasts for, like, 200 days. But that doesn't even happen to like, the 11th issue. <laughs> and they like, say at the end... He's like, eh, it's been a, about a year that you're so U.S. Army guy I mean, says that. Yeah, yeah. Also, he's a White Lantern, and he has access to the Green Lantern Corps, but at no point, like, when he gets his ring. Right. He never goes, he never asks for help. He never calls oh, for the help. Oh, GLs. Yeah. Well, they're not allowed to go into the Vega system. Meaning that uh, they. By ancient decree. Yeah. With the Guardians. Yeah. And they also, too, at the end, make a, a very large point of, of uh, essentially saying he being the white lantern he decides to take he takes it upon himself he was not asked or ordered to go he did it himself right that's true i thought it was weird that he had to obey that it was that his it's it's, that they made, but he decided. it's the kyle of it all yeah, yeah. yeah. the altruistic kyle oh. of it all yeah here's the other thing they in this scene right after this they uh book passage on a on a starship i love right? this scene yeah. they they so they have to use uh, these disguises to get in, and then they're yeah. scanned for all kind of weapons. And one guy explodes because he presumably has some weapons. And then they're on the ship. Scraps is there with her gun, and she's like, "Yo, Kyle, I got this gun." No, that Wait, man. How'd you get the gun up? That that shark man was shot because he wasn't um like I thought he was explained by, by the, the rules. scanner. No, he was shot. No, he gets shot. He was shot by because he was, panel. He gets he, shot by somebody. Hey, because he was being a prick. He was gun shot. Gun. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I genuinely love this whole sequence, though. The way that they deal with the hypnos, like the color changing when they're in. That was awesome. When they're in disguise, that was not cool. in disguise, yeah. you can see them who can't. But then, in panel, it's revealed. All of a sudden, other characters are in mm-hmm. different color, and you're like, "Oh shit!" They're there with yeah. them. The rest of the Omega yeah. men are there with them, and Kyle's about to find yeah. out. And I was like, this is fun. This is something that you yeah, can that, only do in comics. This this was this scene as in when I stopped and took notes. Mm. Because I liked the way that they they mm-hmm. visually represented not only the fact that they were in disguise and then flip-flopped it so that they weren't grayscale and everyone else was in color, but then they were in color and everything else was in grayscale. And then they let us peek through mm-hmm. and see the other Omega men in color while yeah. everything else is grayscale. This is when I stopped when I got to write this down and remember to talk about this. Cause I, this is my favorite part of the book. Um, just visually, I thought how clever, how fun. There's, there's two of the, there's two sequences like this for me, this one. And I do not know the history of, Kyle and his and his religion. I literally just took it as a secondhand a character beat because he is he was raised um, he's half Latina, which yeah, B 
being half Hispanic. I just don't like it when that. Being half Hispanic, it was believable to me that he was at the very least raised in some sort of version of Catholicism and has yeah. pendants of it, right? Or just some sort of like yeah. the entire sequence. The, they're fighting with multiple different races in the Vegas system, all fighting over. They're not fighting over their versions of whatever God is, but they're fighting in the name of an alpha and or an omega, whichever mm-hmm. they believe in. Those are the gods. Those are their gods. <laughs> it was it, the way that they would describe it, 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 the way that they didn't describe it, it was, it basically felt like it was a either forward or backward or a future or past or a start or a finish. Not necessarily an entity, just the alpha or the omega. So I wasn't sure if it was an actual deity or just a belief system. Either way. I really, really, really liked the sequence where Kyle kind of just has his tipping point. It was between him and Tigger. Tigor. Whatever. He's a wonderful character. (laughs) Uh, He is. (laughs) Where they're on the planet that was decimated. Rule. Um, And... Yeah. He's just like, you know, what what the fuck about your God? Whatever. And he goes through this this really good speech about... Oh, oh that speech. I, I really liked it. In character, I okay. liked it a lot. Yeah. And also being raised with that fucking religion, it was all yeah. of the talking points put in display in order of how he would respond in that moment. I believed it. And I really, really liked how the panel work laid it all out while he was in this fight. The Alpha, yeah, the Alpha and the Omega, it is his fault. It is my fault. It is the point of my religion to accept it all. The altruistic version of it, not the in-practice Catholicism version of it. And and I, it was an effective scene for me because not because I believe that. I just believe that Kyle believed it. And I really liked that. I did like that too. Sort of him accepting the grayscale of everything. Yeah, it was it was That's definitely right. a turning point for him. It was like that was the moment he decided to fight with them, but that he would never be them. You know what I mean? Like that weird, I'm not one or the other. I'm going to do all of it because the whole story, people are telling him that he's got to pick a side, essentially. And even the climax of the book is, are you going to pick a side? And he's like, I always stared at the gutters of pages. Like I, as a character oh. arc, oh. the second read, yeah, the second read for me was much more effective than the first. Uh, that was my other favorite part: is the the very last page of this book. You do like planetary destruction? <laughs> no, yeah. the last page of the book. Oh, where he's the, talking the about gutters the gutters. Thing? Oh, really? All right. I loved it. All not only are they all gutters, yeah, and they're all. Um, crucifixes right they're all crosses yeah but they're, but they're also bars they're also jail bars it's also um, a cage your your religion your perception can be a cage i yeah it's on the nose but it's a fucking comic book yeah. i think it's okay when yeah. it's done well. i liked it yeah i like right. yeah. yeah i think by that time i was also i was like oh all this like william james quotes and you know these are like I gotta read one of these every time or two. I skipped them. That's a Tom Kingism. I can't do it. That's a Tom Kingism that I do not. I I like. It's not my favorite. I think I remember way back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't think he is. He is smart. He just 
does it in ways that I just uh, don't care not for. what I was going to say. Oh, uh, <laughs> self, self-serious pretentious? Deep. <laughs> or, like, so, you, yeah. To, to I your know. point, though, yeah. I, on this show, have bitched about his terrible, terrible habit of overlaying forward, like, yeah. narrative progression yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah. fucking poetry or, like... I think it's very effective Him when you... Nick Spencer. I think it's very... Well, Nick Spencer just does it with tons and tons of dialogue. Tom King does it with, like... He, he does that thing where he'll juxtapose a song lyric with something horrific or a poem with something, uh, like, yeah. thematically that kind of... Like, it's effective when used sparingly, but we were reading, like, four or five of his books and he was doing it in every fucking issue. Like, <laughs> there was literally an issue of... Heroes in Crisis, where the entire thing was done in in poetry, being recited by the caveman character before being murdered, and I'm like, dude, please stop! Like, this is pretentious, self serious, too on the nose. It's not it's not moving this story forward. So I do hate it when he relies too heavily on that. But these just quotes at the end of a book, I don't care. Skip them. I didn't think the quotes were very good. Except there was one. In the deepest heart of all uh, uh, of all of us, there is a corner in which the ultimate mystery of things works sadly. It's interesting. I don't know how true it is, but it's an interesting quote. But it's not something he wrote. However, I did really like the line Kyle says um, in uh, towards the end. He says, "I had to choose between the savagery of empire and the savagery of revolution." That was cool. Um, uh, that's a very interesting thing. Very much what I get the sense that Tom King has maybe seen a lot of in the real world, that he sees the violence that people think is necessary. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. So, it sucks that he has seen that and he has this kind of thing to process. I would rather that nobody sees that kind of thing. You guys should, I mean, I don't know if we ever will, but you guys should totally read Sheriff Babylon. I'd like to, yeah. I remember reading the first issue and enjoying it. It's it's a vertigo murder mystery. It just happens to is happen. There a, in that a sci-fi fantasy element or no? No, nope. it is a straight up story. Straight up. Tom King. Uh, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure this book worked for me. Uh, I I didn't have a particularly fun time reading it. There were there were definitely scenes. There were scenes that I really enjoyed sprinkled throughout. But twelve issues, I think, was too long. I think this could have been a six-issue series or an eight-issue series, and I'd have been fine with it. Um, I remember thinking, oh, we're, we're at the climax of the – oh, no, we still have three more issues to go. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, what I do like about the book is that it really steeps itself into the gray area uh, of morality. Um, when you have these so-called terrorists uh, going against these governments that are committing genocide and – having to kill in order to stop killing. Um, these, these sorts of questions are as old as forever. Um, but I, I did like some of the ways he took a look at that and I liked how it was a grayscale kind of book. Um, and you don't really get really, an answer. It really disappointed me at the end. I was disappointed in the characters that uh, like Primus, the guy who before this yeah. was very nonviolent. Has I couldn't believe it assumed right a governorship and he executes people pretty summarily by the sound of it yeah I, I read that i read that panel again because i went wait a minute what yeah yeah oh shit it, okay it, yep primus yeah the guy who started off as a 
a peaceful protester. Right. But that's the world that Tom King seems to exist in, right? And it's not the world that doesn't exist, but it's a lot of what he wants to explore. I, I, I don't necessarily know if it's his... I don't want to speak for the writer or the god of the story. I don't know real day-to-day. But (laughs) actually, I think it's more a comment on Kyle and Kyle's position during the entire thing. Every single one of those characters that had a negative outcome after the results of the war, every single one of them was committed to a specific ideology or direction. And they ended up becoming what they hated when they plowed through with that. Kyle is the only character of all of them that maintained the horrific nature of either end and tried to stay true to the moral ambiguity of it, right? He is the only one that actually has perspective at the end of it, whereas the others all arguably became something worse in the, like in regards to Callista, something worse in regards to uh, Primus, something he loathed and was against because they all just committed to like Primus was lost from the jump. He was a nonviolent protester and Callista yeah. changed yeah. him before the story, the story even but started. He could have gone back to that, right? It wouldn't have been the same, but he could have tried. Because you can, there's always a way. I bet he did try, though. That's just it. Like, we only got, like, exactly. And because. But exactly. That's Tom King's deal. Fair enough. And that's my essential, if there is one problem I have with Tom King, it's that. It's a philosophical disagreement that is, like, he likes to talk about how ideals fail. And how the real world takes over when you try to be good and uh, how somebody with a rigid system of being nonviolent can never survive against the violence that they had to partake in or that they chose to partake in, you know? And I don't know. I've been lucky enough not to be in the CIA, you know? Um, I didn't choose that path. And when it Uh, comes to Kalista, uh, I can't say that surprised me at all. No, well, no, no she was a stone cold killer from yeah. the entire time. She was, yeah, she was right, right. right. Even, with even when we first see her and she's going up against the five slaves that she has to murder, yeah. she's digging it. She's yeah, you know yeah, she's yeah. enjoying it. When we first meet her, and then later on, she's like, "Oh, they made me do it." I'm like, no, you didn't. You were you you do that for fun. I think she the, manipulated. I mean, they made her when she was six, but yeah. she's into it now. Right. I think the example of hope is Kyle, not Prim- Primus or or any of the other Omega Men. It's true, and this is less. This is less uh, degradatory of uh, that kind of ideal than some of Tom King's other work, right? Like Kyle Rayner does not choose to blow everybody up, right? He maintains what he knows to be right. Yeah, even at the very end. Yeah, like the lives he took were combatants in the heat of battle. He is not going to kill an unarmed man because they think to win. Like right. That was one guy, even I could see, like, well, he did kill the woman's entire planet. Mm-hmm. I don't advocate killing him, but yeah. I see where her point of view is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, what do you guys think of the art? Because I found it very uneven, um, almost ugly at times. Um, uh, I agree. I liked it overall, but yes, very uneven and almost ugly. It grew on me. Um, 
I the only reason why I had weird expectations for it though is because of all the other artists that he's worked on on types of stories like this. These self-contained like 12, 10, 12 issue stories. He usually has like a murderer's row, very specific style of artists. This is not like that at all. So I think it was just my baggage carrying it in. I think it took about two issues for me to just kind of like ease into it. And then by the end or by like the middle with sequences like the hypno sequence and and a lot of the action sequences. Um, uh, I think before when they were capturing Callista and they did it in like um, two, three panel pages, stuff like that. I, I really started to just buy into it and accept it. It was jarring to have a fill-in issue by Iguara. Yeah, yes, it was. I think it was – he did two of them. It was like issue four and issue nine. It was like you got three issues of, of uh, Bagenda and then Iguara and then three issues of Bagenda and then Iguara. So like every time that happened, it was a little jarring. Uh, it's, it was almost oh, like – I don't think I even noticed I that you notice. did a, yeah. a second issue. Uh, it's like it's like ten, I think. The oh. first the first one he did on. was just the two – like it was essentially the Kyle and Callista issue. And it just – the colors all matched. Everything like was fine, but it just it was still almost. <laughs> it was like I got used to Bagenda, and then it felt uncanny valley for an issue. <laughs> Getting used to the kind of style of Bagenda, like it was only just close enough. I, I think Iguara is only the one issue. No, it's ten too. The rest of the book is one. Am I? Nope. Well, okay. I like the retro style. Uh like travel poster type. Those are uh, cool. Those are cool. Yeah. 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 Those are cool. Um, there's one, I remember there's one, um, image of Kyle very early on and, uh, his hair, like you've got the shape of his head, but then uh-huh. his hair, uh, cuts into like, here, here we go. See, see this upper left corner here, although he's yeah. him, he's flying towards the reader. His hair cuts into where his head would be. <laughs> his well, head would be. white lantern. That's how they work? <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. if they want it to happen, that's how it happens. Gotcha. Yeah, that is weird. That is weird. Yeah, it happens several times throughout the series. Um, I don't know. To me, like, to me, it had forgets a, to draw <laughs> the entirety of the skull. He just draws a face and then puts some hair on it, and it cuts. <laughs> it's not it had a, head-shaped. Uh, to me, it was more like a... Um, exaggerated Mateo Scalera kind of uh, physiology. Mm. So uh, it didn't really bother me that much. Uh, fair enough. The coloring is really nice. Yeah, a lot of the color nice. work that the, the colorist does is great. Um, but yeah, just the way the, the faces are put together, it's very awkward. Not my oh, favorite Speaking style. of awkward, uh, the Brutes people, reading that was like, oh my God. This, no, it didn't every, me, huh? everything is being this or doing that yeah. i'm like get just i get it i'm not even upset that it was done because i like when you know they other people commit to an alien kind of dialect or whatever but uh i was like oh this is this is tough to get through with them beings and doings and what have you yeah i get that it didn't yeah. bother me though i've, I've seen worse Oh like yeah. Trying to re- what was it? Um, oh, that Grant Morrison I always, I always, episode of Green Lantern. Oh well, I don't. I gave up on that. Um, uh, yeah. Spaceman by um, gosh, who was that? It wasn't Warren Ellis? Oh, it was um. No, it's uh, uh, Eduardo Riso and Azarello. Azarello. 
Yeah, Azarello made this like future speak that was just yeah. unbearable. Like I appreciate it, but sometimes, yeah, the Hal Jordan <laughs> one, it was like every, the aliens. It turned out were all talking very, very slowly, so you just had it was like unrecognizably just sound or whatever. Oh my yeah. god! But you could kind of pick it out. Oh, it was terrible! Yeah. Look at look at this page. This yeah. um. You see that? Yeah, it's, the it's size of his head, head. Yeah. The, the back, the back portion of his skull right here just disappears. Yeah, and then it's just like nope, hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then this, look at the forehead. Yeah, what's going on with his forehead? Oh, uh, that's so, that, Jesus! That's, what is that? that's the same thing that Matteo Scalera <laughs> does. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. And then, like again, there's no, there's no back. The last quarter of his skull is missing. You know, this particular panel, and maybe in general, has a certain, like, Mexican, uh, like, maybe not surrealist, but, like, right before that, art style, hmm. um, which is interesting. I mean, hmm. maybe even, like, Frida Kahlo, who is surrealist, but I'm not that familiar with her work, but there's a particular name for that era of painting that I'm not familiar with, but, uh, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's on purpose. That you're not sure. Uh, no, nobody's hiding. This from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know if I would recommend this book. I, I like what it attempted. I'm not sure it was, in, in, it was wholly, um, successful for me, but I know, uh, there are people out there who do really like it. I'd recommend would it you? to some people. Yeah. 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 Uh, I liked it a lot more the second time. I liked it. A lot. I liked it the first time. How much did you like it the first time? Like, what kind of? Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was like. Um, I thought it was rough, but I thought it was a net positive. Like, it was strong. It was fascinating enough. It was interesting enough. You know, like mm -hmm. it kept me going. I kept reading it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The second time, I was a little bit more engaged on kind of the um, larger things that he was trying to say. Sometimes. Sloppily, but still the larger things, mm -hmm. which made it, it was just added another kind of layer of fascination. Like this time around, you know, I had some favorite sequences. Uh, I did forget uh, the, the ending from when I read it, you know, originally four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, so it was a little bit of a, it was a nice surprise, like, oh, oh. And, you know, like huh. the, what happened to the rest of the Omega Men. Yeah, I, for some it was an interesting I, I, twist would be like, now you've got to decide: are you going to do this again? Yeah, uh, that was an interesting resolution. I mean, it was—it's yeah. a really—it's a really like slapdash, fucking allegory for like oil. Uh, sure. Just like how the Vegas system was like a slapdash allegory for uh, holy lands and and peoples on them. Yeah, the. Oh, now in this in this comic, you mean? Yeah, you said was. I thought yeah, you meant like in its original. No, 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 no. In this comic, like you yeah, know, yeah, each each yeah, planet yeah. of the Vegas system has like you know their own religion, yeah, and then they're yeah. kind of fighting for the yeah. Alpha and or the Omega. Which one's the most correct, and who has the actual like claim of the land or of? Yeah, yeah. it's 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 very on the nose, even for somebody that doesn't know all the intricacies of. Uh, geopolitics it's still very on the nose so like I you know if somebody came at me with I, that I think that's stupid and I, it's on the nose and I don't like it I would I wouldn't fight them it's like yeah okay that's fair 
That's true. It's not always a bad thing. Um, before, before we wrap it up, there are two things I want to mention. Uh, I was uh, watching an interview today on the blog of Oa, a YouTube um, channel uh, from 2015, where they interviewed Tom King. And apparently this, this series was canceled six episodes in, six issues in. Oh, really? And there was such, yeah. And then there was yeah. such a uh, uh, uprising. There were a bunch of terrorists who were like, keep making this book. Um, so they went, all right. And so they, they, they finished it, they it up. Um, but then uh, in, in the interview, he, the, the series is not finished yet, so he can't spoil the ending or anything. But he said, oh, it's a big, it's a big drop. Uh, this big bomb is dropped at the very end. And uh, the DC universe is going to be a whole big DC universe thing. Really. And I and I lit- today I commented I was like, but was it though? Like what <laughs> did I miss? The follow up to this, there was supposed to be a big DC Universe follow up, um, and then the the blog of Oa said uh, they didn't follow up on it. Back <laughs> when he wrote Heroes in Crisis, I was convinced that was going to be the payoff with Kyle having a mental crisis that tied uh, back to Omega Men. Interesting. I would still like to know what he was building towards. I- so. You know, at the end of this, we're basically on Earth and he's talking to, um, I don't know, a military guy. Um, and so they also want to get the stellar, what's stellar? Stellarium. Stellarium. The, unop, the unobtainium. And stellar. Um, stellarium. Stellarium. The stellarium um, for Earth. And so I had a feeling there was going to be some sort of big thing to go with that. Uh, yeah, um, I would have. Yeah, they just like when they canceled it six issues in, they were like, "Okay, you can finish it, but you're not." No, doing no, I bet, I bet he yeah. was referring to the fact that they blew up that planet. They reduced the amount of stellarium they could mine, and it's going to become an arms race of sorts. I, I absolutely yeah. think that that's probably what it was intending for other writers to pick up or things to change yeah, in Marvel yeah. or the DC universe. Or maybe they just say that kind of thing in interviews sometimes. I think that <laughs> like, I, I am not that cynical. I am not that cynical. I do think that every writer that tries to drop a mic that hard wants oh, to sure. drop a mic that hard. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because like wants it to be a big thing. Well, no, like and intended and got yeah. verbal, either verbal agreements and or editorial understanding mm. that it could be a big thing for other people to pick up. But publishing schedules change constantly, and especially at DC, where they change the editorial staff on, like, a breeze. Yeah, like, that kind of shit never has weight. Yeah. And it always depends on what comes later. Yeah. And, like, what people decide to pick up on. Today, people can pick up on Solaria. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. And that was from an old uh, Green Lantern comic. Omega Men, I've said this before, Omega Men's almost like a bomb set at the heart of the DCU, and when that bomb goes off, it's going to be a big deal. So, yeah. what happens after 12, people will know about it when it comes out. I, I, I gotta be so vague, right, but it's right. huge, it's, it's a big thing, thing, and I can't talk about I, it. He's, yeah, and it's going to affect, you know, that's I, Andrew, yeah, that's him. He, so, if, yeah, you've yeah, never right, listened, if you've never listened to interviews of his, he always sounds like, a, like an excited kid. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult yeah. to... <laughs> think that he is just a hater huckster because he is always yeah. so fucking excited about what he's working on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think that it was just a blah, but I, I, I would bet, I'd bet a thousand dollars that it has to do with blowing up Vroom, uh, Vloom and just like, Oh, I assume yeah. he meant to set something in motion that just 
never material. Uh, yeah, yeah, and also, also setting up Callista as like a big baddie in control of the fucking right, Vegas right, right. system. That's yeah. huge. That could have been yeah. huge. And the Vegas system could have been a big Green Lantern thing, and then they decided to do Green Lantern in another way. And then because Vegas, yeah. the Vegas system is intrinsically it, tied. It literally could have changed the whole landscape of yeah. uh, cosmic DC. For years. And I don't know what happened right after that, right? Like, what did they do right after Omega Man, Cosmic DC-wise? How soon after that was New 52? Was that Rebirth, whatever? maybe? Or I don't even know. It was, um, no, no, no. It was before New 52, I think. No, no, no. no Wait, New 52, 52? This was, was 2015. Oh, was it that? What? Oh, was that 2010 one? was New 52? 2011, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't realize it was that recently. So that was um, Robert Venditti was still on the book. And okay. it was uh, Hal and the Green Lantern Corps, and they were doing their own fucking thing with Ethan Van Skyver yeah. still. I dropped off. So maybe they were going to do one thing, and then they decided to go a different way. With it was like the War of the Corps, and then the War of the Man Hunters and shit. Like, it was a lot of samesies. Right. Like, I, I wasn't yeah, following was the book at all. Yeah. After jo- Jeff Johns left, I went, I'm good. I'm good even, on Green Lantern. For even a little bit before that. I tried. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah. I did drop off and then came back for like the last five issues. But I... I mean, I never I, dropped off, but I wasn't loving it. I tried. <laughs> I tried Venditti's run for, for a whole arc and it was just... I was like, I, this is not interesting. You know, like Fugitive Hal with a Green Lantern gauntlet Trench coat and, yeah, and, glove, and Duster. Glove, I was yeah. like, this is boring. Yeah. No, I'm out. Weird. Yeah. The, uh, now, can I mention the – you mentioned the, what the blog of Oa was the name of that, right? Yes. I think one of the great letters columns name, Oa, by the way. <laughs> oh, isn't that good? Awesome. <laughs> I love that one. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I always liked a good letters column. Uh, my favorites are action, reaction, where it's like yeah. re-colon action. I thought yeah. it was great. And Oa, by the way. And flash speed reading, very good, very apropos. But um, those, those two are my favorites. I wonder if I'm looking up comic letters page names. I feel like there's wondering one or if two there's more like, that I really enjoyed, but uh, they used to be called cool things. They still know? are. I just never remember them because I often don't read them. Like Image has it. Let's, like, let's yeah. level with, let's level with Daredevil. Let's yap with Cap. Hmm. Spider's Web, Crawl yeah. Space. Okay. Um, let's see. Any more? Like I'm just like scrolling cool through. DC one, but I don't remember what it was. I got a stack of comics right next to me. Let's see if any of them uh, have letters columns. Okay. Yeah, because it's definitely not an all the time thing anymore. Uh, here's randomly Metal Men. No, no one's writing into that shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love the metal man. Yeah, not the Didio Allen or Stan. No. Something Davis. No, not, not that one. <laughs> uh, I love the concept of the metal man. Future State? No, they, this wouldn't have anything. These are all these are all books. Hey, oh, a, uh, these are all I books did that like um, the She Hulk letters column was called She Mail. Ah, uh, that's cool. M A I L. Oh, you know what? I don't know if that's I don't know if that's reading. really appropriate these days. Yeah. Speed reading's good. Yeah. It's speed reading, but also I think I also like the him picking up the letter, you see him, and then he's putting it down in that classic flash, like yeah. multiple images kind of thing. Yeah. That's fun. Anyway, 
Uh, let's get the hell out of here. All right. All right. I'm not going to stay Thank here. You. Oh, roast office in fi- Oh, it's called roast office instead of post office. Roast office and firepower, says Kevin. Oh, uh, there you go. Thank you, Kevin. People are, people yeah, Kirk, are still here. Kirkman uh, does stuff. Yeah, Kirkman's great with that stuff. Um, all right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Let us know what you thought of the Omega Men by Tom King. Uh, you can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com. Please help us out if you have any extra pennies to throw our way at patreon.com slash johnnydestructo. If you don't have any money, because we don't, just come hang out with us. Be friends. That's that's really all. We, we're just lonely and we want to talk to you and have also you talk back to us. More or less. But also the money. Um, and uh, we will talk at you next week. What are we talking about next week, guys? I don't know. It's a really good question. What are we talking about next week? To be determined. So everybody read everything that exists so you're caught up for next week. (laughs) Kevin says dot, dot, dot. I'm always here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, without the dot, 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 it's not sad. But if if there was no ellipses, it would just be I'm always here. But because of the ellipses, it makes me go, oh. (laughs) We love you, Kevin. Thank you. Threatening would be um, putting one of our names first, like JD. I'm always, I'm always here. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Well, punctuation has meaning. You're right, here uh, first. What are we talking about? What are we talking about next week? Uh, I, we don't know. I, we don't know yet. Let's figure it out off stream. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you. I would like to one day talk about that Mark Wade Raven the Bold that we all expressed interest in. Doesn't have oh, to be right. next week, but I want to bring it up on air here in the public view. Um, I don't know. What do you guys want to try? I don't know. Maybe a movie. We haven't done one of those in a while. We haven't done a movie. Like yeah, in a little bit. Yeah. But something good. I want to do right. a good one. Nothing crappy. We'll figure it out and we'll post, <laughs> we'll post about it. We'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. You'll find uh, out. All right, guys. We love you and we'll talk at you next week when we will talk about something. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This is